0: In today's show, it's NBA free agency. It started. We're going to cover all of the deals that have happened up until what's the time now? 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. At redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. All right, so we are here. NBA free agency has started. We'll cover news, a trade that went down, and all of the signings. It's hard to get into the specifics of fantasy value for these guys because there's still stuff that's gonna go down, including one of the biggest dominoes to fall in years, really which we'll talk about right now. In fact, Warnie, let's get it on Gilly. (laughs) Kevin Durant has requested a trade away from the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Apparently he wants to go to Phoenix or he wants to go to Miami. Of course, they're both the number one seeds from last season. And what that would do it's just a massive domino effect right across the league. It's probably holding up other trades that are going down. It, it changes the value of guys that might go back. Is it Kyle Lowry? Is it Mikael Bridges? Almost definitely. Would it be DeAndre Ayton sign and trade? Even some of the guys we're going to talk about today, maybe he goes to a different team completely. And then does Kyrie get moved? And then does John Collins get moved? And then does, yeah, whoever. So many guys could move after this decision from Durant, who has requested this trade out of Brooklyn. Um, It is annoying to me that, you know, with three years after just signing extension, he's requesting a trade. But obviously, this is not the norm, the situation that was created in Brooklyn, even though I guess he had some sort of indication when he did sign that indication of, oh, so that extension of Kyrie's nonsense. Um, does Kyrie, does he actually want to play with Kyrie? I don't actually know what's going on with this team and with Duran, and it continues to be a frustrating situation for everybody. Once Durant does move and all the dominoes have sort of fallen into place, then we get more of an idea of what it means for fantasy value. But it's going to hold up a lot of different things, I would expect. And the landscape of the NBA changes completely. If Durant it ends up going, if they convince him out of it, who knows what's going to happen. I would expect that he's gone, but we just don't know, do we? There's a lot still to happen there with that one. The other big news that happened... Well, there's two other big news happened that's not free agency related. Miles Bridges, charged with felony domestic violence. The woman that he allegedly assaulted needed to go to hospital for treatment. I'm not sure that this actually impacts Miles Bridges and his free agency at all. Um, It might, it might not. But, you know, this is... It's pushing... If this is proven, and the hospital treatment, and the fact that he turned himself in, and the fact that it was a felony arrest... Um, definitely pushes Miles Bridges into shit territory. Let's see what happens with the the process and all that sort of stuff. But it's uh, it should just to be charged with that. And yes, let's wait and see because we saw the Rashawn Holmes one of that turned out to be just completely not true at all. So we'll see what happens. But it's leaning a little bit more not like that. So that's not great. And then the other one, which is not great for a completely different reason, is Jaron Jackson Jr. has a stress fracture in his foot. He's out four to six months. Let's just go six months on that. Maybe seven. We know. The Grizzlies being cautious with injury timetables, with Jackson being completely, at least we've got a timetable of some sort here. Yeah, completely opaque. Hey, John Morant's got a, a knee sprain. What does that mean? Oh, we're not going to tell you. When's he going to be back? I'm not going to tell you either. Jaron Jackson's knee? I'll oh, be back soon. Or maybe he won't be. Ah, we'll find out later. All right, so six months is... is 1st of January, really, for Jackson. So we wouldn't expect him back until some point in January. That's going to mean that it's going to be really hard to draft him. Guys coming into seasons with lower body injuries that put them out for significant periods of time are basically undraftable for me. And I don't... Maybe you're taking with your last pick, but again, does that, that waste either a roster spot or an IL spot? It might get pushed back further. Let's We'll get more information over the coming months, of course. But what it does do is it means that Brandon Clark is probably going to be the starter and going to be an excellent fantasy option, at least to begin the season, and that might extend and extend and extend, because there's no Kyle Anderson, which we'll talk about later on, um, to to fill in those minutes, and Kyle Anderson is the one who filled in for Jaron Jackson when he was out two years ago. He's not there anymore, and I don't think we're going to get David Roddy Piper um, moving into that position straight off. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of Um. All right. So let's, well, should we go on to some more news? Yeah, we probably should. So there was actually a trade that went down today. Royce O'Neill, the Basmati man. Royce went to Brooklyn for a, I don't know why I've written 202 first round pick. It's a 2023, sorry, first round pick. And this trade news came down, it felt like 10 minutes before the Kevin Durant trade request came in. I wonder, did the did the Nets know about the trade request? Because this trade doesn't make a ton of sense. If you're giving rid of rid of Kyrie, if you're getting rid of KD, what the hell does Royce O'Neill do for you? And at the cost of a first round pick, it seems like I don't know this, but it seems like they may have um, they that KD may have screwed him over here. That's possible. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't do this, and he thought, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be playing. Oh, right, we'll get Royce in, help us on the wing. Ha, <laughs> nah, I'm out. See you later. Get me out of here. So, I don't know. It's obviously not going to have a fantasy impact. O'Neill is a back-end guy, very best-case scenario. I don't know what it does for Utah, because their wing situation or their forward situation is rough as well. Obviously, Ingles isn't there. We'll talk about him later. Um, after he was traded last season. Someone had, had not had a go at me when I said I think on yesterday's preview show I said I think Andre Drummond's going to head back to Philadelphia. I think you miss I think you misspoke there. Andre Drummond actually got traded to the Nets. Yes, I am aware of that, but I thought he was, I think he's going back to Philadelphia. So what I'm trying to say here is that yes, Utah doesn't have Ingles and they didn't have him for the second half of last season. We know that, but he's not going back there, which was also, was always a possibility. So I don't know exactly what they're going to um, look at here. There's just a weird a weird move. From the Nets, it's not the only weird move that happened, but it is one of the weird moves that happened so far in free agency. Boom shakalaka, you know what that is? That is the noise of NBA Jam. Arcade 1UP, which is the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing back the best game ever, but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait for it, a Shaq edition machine. People love NBA Jam, rightfully so. You can all remember playing it, whether it was at the arcade or on your console. But now you can get that arcade for your home. Put it wherever you want to. Put it in your games room. Put it in your garage. Put it wherever you want. Because it is unbelievable. It's a great talking point. And we know what NBA Jamies. is. No free throws, no timeouts, no fouls. Just crazy basketball action. So you can pre-order them now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade1up.com pre-order it for an early September ship date. There's other games there like Golden Tee, which I'm told is a golf arcade game. I've never played that. Mortal Kombat and many others. And they're also giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener. You can enter for a chance to win one at arcade1up.com slash locked-on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked-on. You've got until July the 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? Let's look at some extensions In free agency. Nikola Jokic. I haven't hit this one for a while. Nikola Jokic gets the extension. Supermax, five-year, $264 million deal. It's an absolute no-brainer of a deal. He's a back-to-back MVP. He'll be the number one pick in fantasy. Almost 100%. Devin Booker gets a four-year, $214 million contract contract extension, that's huge. It's $50 million a year. He probably deserves that as well. I like where he's at in terms of age profile for that deal. The other one, Bradley Beal goes back to Washington on a five-year $251 million extension. I hate it. Like, I actually hate it. Um, Beal is solid as a player. He's pretty good. Under no circumstance in no world is he a $50 million player in five years' time, in three years' time, probably even now. I hate it. It's just the Wizards and Beal locking themselves into mediocrity for the next five years. This will turn into the next John Wall contract, Russell Westbrook contract, most likely. Now, Beal isn't quite as old. He's not like 31 signing this. I think he's 28. But it's still a bad deal. Were they in a situation where they had to do it? Sort of. They should have traded him two years ago when there was a little bit of leverage still left there. And Beal has shown Time and time again, he has absolutely no appetite for making things better around himself or making things or making him putting himself in a different situation. And while we can applaud loyalty and all that sort of stuff, having a contract of this size doesn't allow the team to get better around you. And they'll just never I just don't think they'll ever win anything with this sort of deal going on here. Now maybe as we've seen in the in the NBA that stars can work their way out of contracts. Is Beal that level of player? I don't think so. I just think it's going to look pretty ugly in the end, this contract for bill For fantasy-wise, he sort of sits the same as where he's been in the past. Yes, they do have Pozingas now. Um, we'll see how those two work. I just, I just think, Phil, everything that they do is just pushing for mediocrity. And while Beal is very good, this is going to be bad, I think. What do you, If you're watching this on YouTube, do you disagree? We'll drop your comment below. Like, do you think this is a great deal for Bill? I, it's, it's not to me. I, I just don't think it is good at all. And now, let's get in to the free agency news. What deals actually went down? Malik Monk. Most of these are in chronological order. They've moved, I've moved them around a little bit. Um, Malik Monk, two years to Sacramento. $19 million. $19 million dollars. Sorry? Um. Yeah, look, we knew it was going to be hard for the Lakers to bring him back. He played, I thought, well and was limited at times by some poor coaching for the Lakers. Um, It's a solid flyer for the Kings. I don't really know. I don't really know where or how it makes sense if you want to play Mitchell and Fox together. Do you play Mitchell, Fox, and Monk together? That's rough. Where does it lead Terrence Davis? I don't know. Is Mitchell coming off the bench? He should. I believe he should because I don't think he's that good. I think the Fox and Monk backcourt is just horrific. Like, it's horrific defensively. Are they going to try Mitchell and Monk? Are they going to trade Fox? Have Murray at the three? And the Kings are one of those teams, again. Yes, they did draft a three, but you're just adding another guard into the mix where does it make sense? Maybe he is just coming as a sixth man and they will start Mitchell and Fox, which again, I don't love that combination. And then you bring you have another 6-4 guard into that mix. It's going to be intriguing to see. He might be worth a fantasy flyer. We'll find out. This next one, I know that I'm not, Locked On doesn't want me to swear, but you know what I would say here. DeAndre Jordan signing to the Denver Nuggets. I don't know what the terms of the contract is, but whatever it is, it is too much. How on earth DeAndre Jordan was the second free agent announcement where the Nuggets went, man, we have to get DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan someone you sign in October when everything falls apart and the four centers ahead of him in the rotation all get hurt. This is the one of the, and it's inconsequential, but it's not. It's It's one of the dumbest moves you will ever see. Because them signing him and prioritizing him mean they're going to play him. And he is an absolute disaster as a player. Bring Boogie Cousins back. This is a disastrous move for the Nuggets. Again, it's the minimum. We don't have to blame. If you are prioritizing DeAndre Jordan and signing him at six oh one, they are doing it under the guise that he will be the backup center and another team will hate him. That's what it's going to be. There's another franchise going, what is DeAndre Jordan doing out there? It is a nonsense move. From a franchise that is already yes, the Jokic extension is great, but the trade away of Monty Morris to try and save money—they are Denver, are very quickly moving into the realms of I do not trust a move that you do until you prove me wrong multiple times. Sacramento's there, the Knicks are there. You have to prove me wrong if I'm going to—I'll I'll doubt it because this makes no sense at all. Speaking of the Knicks. They did eventually confirm that Jalen Brunson signed for four years, 104 million with a player option. It's a little bit less than 110 initially. Brunson apparently fulfilled a lifelong dream to play for the Knicks and to be on a middling franchise. It's bad for the Mavericks that so they weren't able to convince him to stay because they can't really replace him. Yes, there's Dinwiddie, but the, now the it's not always about like who replaces him. It's who replaces the replacement. So who comes in behind Dinwiddie? Um. I'll talk about the Mavs a bit in a second as well. They're a bit confusing. Um, Brunson, four years, 104. People think this is this gigantic, gigantic fantasy boon for him. I'm not as sure. He goes from the guy who was probably the number two guy in Dallas to maybe the number three guy in New York behind Randall and behind Barrett. I don't think Jalen Brunson comes in and goes, all right, boys, Jalen Brunson's here. RJ, settle down. Julius, I know you love a spin move. I know you love having the ball, but it's my show now. Is that how it's going to work? I highly doubt it. I I know Luca had a huge usage, but Brunson was the second guy there. It wasn't Bullock. It wasn't Finney Smith. It wasn't Dwight Powell. Brunson was the second guy there. Now, he's the third. Most likely the third. And then, there's also Evan Fournier next to him. Where does he fit? So, I don't think it's as, as home run of an absolute knockout. Wow, what a great spot. He's going to get to run the show. Yeah, but maybe not. We'll see. Massive risk of overdrafting, I think. They also bring in Isaiah Hartenstein. I like Isaiah Hartenstein a lot. Two years, 16 million is good. He's probably worth a little bit more than that. But they're bringing him in to be Mitchell Robinson's backup. And I could make the argument he's a better player than Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's a better rim protector. But I I, I do really, what this does a couple of things, is that I worry where Hartenstein's value goes because centers under Tom Thibodeau, they just do nothing, don't touch the ball. And he's just not going to have much of an opportunity. He probably won't play more than 20 minutes a night. But what it also does is that we saw a little bit at the end of last season Obi Toppen start to step up and Randall and Toppen lineups. And Toppen in those lineups made sense. The team looked better. And now it's Randall and it's probably Robinson who's not back yet. And it's Hartenstein. So I don't really know how we're clearing any minutes here for Toppen. So that's a little iffy. I do like Hartenstein though. Victor Oladipo goes back to Miami, one year, $11 million. I mean, sure, he was okay, but I, I really don't think he's going to be a fantasy option. I think, again, like, is he ho- he's hoping to rebuild his value. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yes, Max Struess and Duncan Robinson haven't got an absolute lock on the shooting guard position, but is Oladipo your answer there? I, I really don't think so. But it's not bad. P.J. Tucker, three years, $33 million. Maybe he pushes them to a title this year. That's possible. He's He fills in that gap. And this also, when everyone's been really pumping up De'Anthony Melton, you know what this means? Harden, Maxi, Harris, Tucker, Embiid. You know what it means? De'Anthony Melton plays 23 minutes coming off the bench. That's what this means. So again, before we, oh man, he's going to be 30 a night at least, he's going to start next to Maxie and Harden, unless they're dumping Tobias Harris, or they're benching Tobias Harris, or they're not starting PJ Tucker, then that's just not going to happen for Melton. This is fine, Tucker was okay, he did lose a bit last season I thought, but this is paying him until he's going to be 40, and $10 million for PJ Tucker at age 40, well, I'm not sure about that one, but... Maybe you had to, that's what you had to give him to get him here for at least this season and go for it there, and then you'll deal with it afterwards. They also brought in two other deals, which are, are interesting. Daniel House Jr., two years, $8.5 million. It's not huge. I've actually written as $8.5, which would be a bargain, but $8.5 million for Daniel House, another guy that plays the backup three. Some of those minutes for Melton, maybe not there, but we'll see what happens with Matisse Thybul in the end. House won't be a fantasy option. They also brought in Treville and Queen, who... G League MVP last season, he is older, he's like 25, but he's not a bad player. It's good to have somebody to have a crack at and just see what happens. Can he beat out Jaden Springer or Shake Milton for that third guard or fourth guard role? What do they do with Furkan Korkmaz? He's an interesting guy to bring in and I guess sort of see what he can do. Not someone I'm completely discounting, he's not that he's going to have a big role at all, but he's absolutely someone to uh, to just watch and just see how he goes because he's interesting as a player. BetOnline.net is also really interesting. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info for all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, Golf, and NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. As I said the other day, you can go on to BetOnline, and every game of the NFL season is there. If you want to have a look at the odds for the Giants and the Packers on October the 9th, you can see them. The Packers are eight-point favorites. Some crazy stuff. The Patriots and the Browns on the 16th of October. The Patriots are two-point favorites on the road. You can go and have a look at all of these odds. They're already up at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. More free agency news. Probably should have put this one in the extension pile And that is Anthony Simons, four years, $100 million. We saw Simons put up good numbers towards the end of last season. I'd temper my expectations somewhat because, A, Jeremy Grant's going to come in and maybe take some shots, but also he's going to play a full season with Damian Lillard, and that didn't happen. And the Lillard-Simons backcourt, we don't know how that's going to go. Simons will not have the ball in his hands, orchestrating the offense the way that he did when Lillard was there. He'll have it at some point as the backup and they stagger them, but he won't have that same opportunity that happened at times last season, towards the end of the year especially. Be aware of that. But this was always likely a 20, 22, 23 million dollars was expected for Simons. He gets 25 a year. Totally fine. He worked his way into that. Bob Portis comes back to Milwaukee, four years, 49 million. It seems, it seems a lot. It does seem a lot for Bobby Portis. He filled in nicely for Brooke Lopez. Um, and, but this is, Backup center money, I assume they expect that he becomes the full-time starter, I guess, in a couple of years when Lopez is done or not effective or moving into a backup role. I don't think Portis is going to want to be a fantasy draftable player. They also brought in Joe Ingles on a one-year $6.5 million contract. He won't be ready to start the season, would be my guess, but December, January... You look at for Ingles, and not that he's going to have standard or even fourteen team league fantasy value, he will be really useful for them—a second ball handler, a connector on the bench, a shooter, and a guy that used to be a good defender. He probably isn't anymore. They also brought back brought back Wes Matthews on what I assume is a one-year minimum deal. They also brought back Javon Carter. On a two-year deal, which I assume is for the minimum. But we didn't hear what those numbers were for Javon Carter at this point. They're not fantasy-relevant players. I don't really think Carter was worthy of this. But they're just bringing extra guys back and getting good depth pieces in. This one was confusing a little bit to me. One, two, three, four, five. Mo Bamba goes back to the Magic on a two-year $21 million deal. Um, He will be the backup behind Wendell Carter Jr. I don't think we'll get many of those carter bumper minutes together with Bunkero there now. Um, I, I don't. What it does is it limits a little bit of the upside of Carter, but ideally, if you are anyone that works for the Magic, you will saw these guys play and you know that you want to play Wendell Carter 31 minutes a night or 30 minutes a night and bumber the rest. You do not want a 24-24 minute split because 24 of those minutes will be bad and 24 of them will be good and I'll let you figure out which 24 will be good or which will be bad. If Bumbers is able to get 24, he does have fantasy value, but I don't think there's significant upside in him in this position to be a great draftable guy. Nico Batum goes back to the Clippers. Two years, $22 million. With Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell. I don't think there's any need to consider him a fantasy option. He's just going to be a solid. They are so, so deep, this team. Now, they are in a situation where they only have one center, and that's if it's Ivica Zubat's. Do they put Diabiti into that? They just draft in the second round? Probably not. Or do they just go, we're going small. Or Covington's the other one. Covington is our backup center. Marcus Morris is our backup center. Maybe that's what they're going to do now. And just play wings all the time. Tyus Jones is back to Memphis. Two years, $30 million. We know that he becomes an elite. If you're in a draft-only format or a weekly format with extended benches, he's an elite stash because Morant gets hurt. And then he jumps in and he has two, three weeks of value. Then he drops off again. So that's where he has value in those best ball type formats. Damian Jones goes to the Lakers. Damian Jones, I thought, was improved a lot last season. I thought he was really solid. Now, are the Lakers going to make the mistake again and play Anthony Davis at the four? If so, Jones will start and he'll be useful. If they have any level of common sense, Anthony Davis will start at the five and Jones will be a backup center that when Davis gets hurt, not if, probably when, then Jones becomes valuable there. But it's a good piece of business for them. Amir Coffey goes to the Clippers, three years, $11, $11, $11 million. Um, again, the opportunities just aren't really going to be there with Wall, Jackson, Powell, Covington, Leonard, George, Morris, Batum. All these guys will miss time, but coffee's not a man. Another one, Coffee's not going to have the same opportunities he had last year. Chris Boucher goes back to Toronto, three years, $35.2 million. I know a lot of people hate this, but for different reasons that I do. Like, man, why would Chris Boucher go back there? It's the worst situation. Nick Nurse hates him. He's just not going to get an opportunity. This is an overpay for me for Chris Boucher. I think he's extraordinarily overrated as a player. He's also 30 years of age. But I do not, and I know that while I say about the Kings and the Knicks, were a, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt at all until they prove it to me. The general consensus is just trust Masai. But I don't know what the Raptors are doing because they also brought back Thad Young two years, $16 million. So not only do they have Precious Achua and Kem Birch and Chris Boucher and Thad Young, and they drafted Christian Coloco, they still don't have any guards. It's Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent and Malachi Flynn. The problem with this team is they had no guards last season. And while they didn't have centers, now they've got, again, five who aren't very good centers. And when your bench is going to consist, because you're going to start Van Vliet, Trent, Barnes, Ananobi, and Siakam, unless OG is moved. That's where you're going to be starters. You're going to have what? Achua, Birch, Boucher, Young, and Coloco all coming off the bench. It doesn't make a ton of sense. There's a lot that still has to happen. Probably, maybe. Maybe you're moving Ananobi and Siakam's back to the four and one of these guys' starts. It doesn't make a lot. It doesn't make sense to me at all, really. If someone could explain it to me, and I know there'll be Raptors fans here who try to do that and, oh, you know what you're doing, you gotta trust me. So, uh, this sort of roster construction is not ideal to me. If you're going to go all wings, get some wings who can come off the bench, get some guards who can come off the bench. Not five centers. That's weird to me. Lou Dort heads to OKC, five years, 87.5 million. Now, Lou Dort was underpaid the last two years, but this, I think, is a significant overpay. Lou Dort is fine, who had to have extended usage on a bad OKC team, and so his defensive abilities drop off, or his defensive focus drop off, he's fine, but should he be worth whatever this is, $14 million a year? More, Actually, it's more than fourteen. what am I trying to say? Um, it's like $17 million a year. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, $17 million a year. Is Lou Dort worth that? Absolutely not, in my opinion. And the five years is a long time. Dort hovers around back-end fantasy value. But again, with Jalen Williams, the missile. you got Giddy. You've got uh, Chet. you got Shea. The pig Williams as well in the mix. And Trey Man stepping up. Is Dort ever going to be better than he was the last couple of years? And I'm not sure that makes him a great fantasy asset. He's not a good fantasy player to begin with. And I think this might be too high. Davon Reed, who the Nuggets, for some reason, unknown to me, refused to convert from a two-way guy last season so he could play in the playoffs, they've decided to bring him back on a two-year deal with KCP in the mix. He's probably not going to play a huge amount, but maybe he gets minutes over Christian Brown initially. He's okay as a depth piece. I don't understand this one either. Um, Dwayne Debman back. Not, only for the, not for the minimum, for more. Two years, $9 million to Miami. There are other centers out there who are... Dedman used to be a solid player. I just don't think he's that good anymore. But it also goes to show that Miami, despite what fantasy managers might have thought when Omer 7 was starting, they don't think Omer 7 is that guy necessarily. Maybe he'll move into the backup center role, but two years, $9 million for Dedman to be the third string is, is a weird number. I don't really get it. I don't also get Paddy Mills, two years, $14.5 million I know he declined his player option yesterday. I went, that's weird. He didn't play particularly well last season. I don't see which team is giving him um, yeah more than six a year. Well, it turns out it was the Nets who was going to give him more than that as he signs two years, 14 I don't know how it works with him and Seth Curry, but this team is just completely in blow-it-up mode, I guess, so there's a lot that can still happen there. All right. Let's look at some more. Marvin Bagley goes to the Pistons. Again, people love crowning Troy Weaver as the best GM in the league. Who are you competing against to sign Marvin Bagley for three years, $37.5 Did Marvin Bagley do enough in those games where your team wasn't trying to win at the end of last season to show that he's worth this? The answer to that question should be absolutely not. But are they going to start... They are, aren't they? They're going to start bay at the three... Bagley at the four, and then Dwayne Casey will be trying to start Linic or over Duran or whatever they're trying to do. The team doesn't make sense still. And utilizing your cap space, not only for this season, but cutting into next season as well to bring Marvin Bagley back, I, I just do not get it. Who were you competing against to sign Marvin Bagley to this deal? Where else was he getting $13 million? nothing that he has done has proven that he is worth anywhere near this number and this means to me they're going to probably try and start him will that be fantasy valuable it might be I've got to see what else they do but they just have centers and guards there's no wings on this team they did sign a wing we'll talk about that later and that's probably even more baffling maybe actually you know what maybe it's less baffling um, the wild thing Jay Sean Tate even the wild thing going well I can't do much about that They declined his team option, made him a restricted free agent, and then brought him back three years, $22.1 million. I think that's completely fairly paid for Jay Sean Tate. He's absolutely fine as a rotation piece. He's going to lose his starting spot, I would guess, this season. To Jabari Smith. They'll start Smith and Shingun, I would guess. Maybe Tate plays at three. I don't think you really want that. But as a solid rotation guy, that's fine. I don't think we're going to have Tate in the 12-team discussions this year. Maybe I'm wrong. But that is totally fine as a rotation piece. It's also really... um, it's really tradable as well, I think. Lonnie Walker goes to the Lakers. One year, $6.5 million. I knew Lonnie Walker wasn't going to go back to the Spurs. Um, he goes to the Lakers. <sighs> they might start him. Westbrook, Walker, LeBron, Davis, Jones, or Horton Tucker, LeBron, Davis. Who else they got at the two? Austin Reeves. They might start Lonnie Walker, but let me remind you, Lonnie Walker is not very good. And even if Lonnie Walker was in a situation where he was starting and playing thirty minutes, his game is so not diverse that he needs to have multiple players out, and for him to be the guy that's getting twenty-seven usage and next to Westbrook and next to Davis and next to LeBron, there is actually zero chance of that happening. So no, I don't think this is a good spot for him. I don't think it's a good use of six million dollars. I don't think it's anything. I, I don't. I. I am out. Lonnie Walker, the person, great bloke, seems fantastic. Right. Lonnie Walker, the basketball player, I don't think he's worth it. I, I just don't. He's just not someone that appeals to me as a player at all. And I don't get this. They just brought in Troy Brown as well on a minimum deal. He's going to have an opportunity to fight for minutes. Yeah, because remember, Stanley Johnson was getting minutes on this team. So Brown can be like Stanley Johnson, but these are guys who cannot really shoot from deep. And what do the Lakers need? Shooters. So what they do, they let the guy that can shoot, Malik Monk, go to bring in these two guys who can't shoot. I still do I like Damian Jones. I don't know what these two moves are. Nick Claxton goes back to the Nets. Two years, $20 million. Blake Griffin won't be going back to Brooklyn. Um, I don't expect Andre Drummond to be there. And I don't expect LaMarcus Aldridge to be there. So this is good. And maybe Durant's not there. And Irving's not there. Who knows? This is a big... This is the season for Claxton. We talked about... Yeah, a lot of people thought he'd be a big breakout guy last season. I was a little bit down on that. But this is the one, I reckon. This is the year where it starts to pick up for Claxton. Um, because the opportunities are opening up. And two years, $20 million is a good deal. Now, Dallas, what are you doing? JaVale McGee. Three years, $20 million. JaVale McGee is old. He is not young. He is a capable NBA player, can start in a pinch. He, he's fine. $7 million is not a huge amount. JaVale McGee is 34. You're paying him until he's 37. You have Dwight Powell on the roster. And you just traded for Christian Wood? You tell me, please, that you aren't starting Wood and McGee together. Please, please, you're not doing that. Um, they could, but Wood surely is your centre. So he just is Powell gone. Is this how you're replacing Brunson, Doncic, Dinwiddie, Bullock, Finney, Smith, Wood, and then? What's the point of McGee at this salary? Why you've got Powell there? More stuff can still happen, but at the moment, it seems weird. One Toscano Anderson goes to the Lakers, guess what? He also can't really shoot. He's a solid player. Um, you will fit into their rotation probably better than Stanley Johnson, probably better than Troy Brown, although he's not a great upside guy. Um, but he might be a rotation guy. If you want to add it to moves that I don't understand, why is Anthony Gill back in Washington? Anthony Gill's been in Washington for two years. Has anyone ever seen Anthony Gill play? Apparently, he's a good locker room guy. That's great. He's like, how old is he? Before I spout off and tell you the wrong age. I think he's like 29 already. He's had two years in the NBA. He's done nothing with those. Yeah, he's going to be 30 in a couple of months. You bring him back for two years. It might be at the minimum, but why? What's the point of this? And the last four deals. We're going to talk about today, Gary Harris. Yes, Gary Harris. Nice, Gary! Back to Orlando, two years, $26 million. It's a perfect tradable contract. Look for Gary Harris to be dealt at the deadline with a year and a half left on his deal at a great salary. He really rehabilitated his value last season. But again, Anthony, Fultz, Suggs, Gaz Harris, RJ Hampton, complete afterthought. Where does Harris play? Terrence Ross, where does he play? Who what's going on in this backcourt? Again, Anthony Suggs Fultz Harris. Ross Hampton. Again, Hampton, forget about. But who, where's he playing? Where are the minutes coming from? Because he will get some minutes, but who loses out there? A lot of confusion still with the magic. Kevin Knox goes to Detroit. Who, Troy Weaver, are you bidding against for Kevin Knox? That two years, six million dollars is not a long, not, not a lot. Is the second year non guaranteed? Why is he not getting minimum contracts? Because he has not shown anything as an NBA player. Now, I get... One thing I'll say about this in comparison to the Bagley deal is I get it, right? He's young. He plays a wing position of need for every team, but especially the Pistons. He plays that and he's young and he maybe something can happen. And if you've got him for two years, $6 million, there's a little bit of team control. There's more of that ability to get him with yeah, to re-sign if it works out later on with Bird Rides. If you give him for one year and he blows up at the minimum, you can't really re-signing. So I get the two-year part of it. I get that it's not much. But again, who are you competing against? I'd like to know if there's any sort of non-guarantee or team option on the second half of that. But it's probably a better bet than the Marvin Bagley deal just because of positional scarcity and the fact that it's $6 million versus $37 million. And yes, Bagley has done more over his career than Kevin Knox. That's not saying really anything at all, but he has done more. This one I love. Kyle Anderson going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, two years, $18 million. I don't think that Anderson's going to be a fantasy relevant player, but it does hurt Jaden McDaniels and it does hurt Jared Vanderbilt Bar. Because Anderson is probably a much, well, probably almost definitely a better fit next to Towns than those guys. Could he play at the three? But you've got Beverly and Russell and Edwards. You probably want to start those three guys still. But if, it, if you move down to it and just went, we're going to go Russell, Edwards, Anderson at the three. I don't really think that's his best spot at this point. But value-wise, it's there. It just does hurt the potential upside of McDaniels and Vanderbilt. Having an extra body it makes them better as a team, but it hurts the overall fantasy value. Well, DeLon Wright goes to the Wizards. Two years, $16 million. I love it. I like DeLon Wright as a player. This is strong value from Washington. Um, Washington's another team where they make a move, and I, they, they need to prove to me that it's not um, a bad move at this point where they are. But this one, I, I do like. Two years, $16 million. Um, backing up Monty Morris, I would guess, backing up Bradley Beal, it puts a bit of a wrench into where Cobra Kai Johnny Davis's minutes are going to come from. He won't be fantasy relevant this year. Wright probably won't be either, but he's a guy that whenever you need him to take on a larger role, he does well in it. I think he's an underrated player who you have to put into the right situation, and I do think this one makes quite a bit of sense. Now, before I get out of here, I'm just going to check if any more deals have gone down. They have not, so we're good. I'll be back tomorrow to go through whatever else has happened across free agency. But let me know what was the best deal of the day, what was the worst deal of the day. Let me know your thoughts on Kevin Durant. Drop that all down below in the comments and follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.